You are now listening to Pure Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, presented by Delaware Self-Defense Academy. That's right, we are back for episode five, I believe, of Pure Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. I am joined, as always, with Professor uh, Ronnie Wiest from Delaware Self-Defense Academy. How are you doing, Ronnie? I'm wonderful today. A little stuffy, but I feel good. Right. Uh, first day of 2018. It is New Year's Day. It is. That's kind of awesome. Uh, before we get started, real quick, um, we've been meaning to do this for a while now, but I keep forgetting. Uh, let me give out some contact information if anybody wants um, to contact uh, Delaware Self-Defense Academy um, or Mr. Ronnie Wiest. Uh, you can do so at uh, 302-531-6147, or you can write uh, info at DelawareCombatSports.com, or of course, check out the website at DelawareSelfDefenseAcademy.com. Okay. Housekeeping's out of the way. It's a new year. <laughs> it is. And uh, we have a lot of questions here. So, Yeah, I put uh, out there earlier, I, I put out there we were going to do this and I had some people respond. And okay. I, I figure we should. Uh, so Ronald says, uh, I really like your post on bullying and multiple attackers. Question would be uh, on competing in tournaments regarding your approach. Is it kill him or something more subtle? Um, so, <laughs> is it what? Is it kill him or something more subtle in a tournament setting, I guess? Kill him. Kill Def- him? Definitely kill people, yeah. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Uh, Jerry says thoughts. No, on- no, let's back up. Oh, okay, because that, that's an interesting thing. Is is um, you know, there's there's a difference in, in competition. You know, there's some people who want to play, and there's some people that want to win. Right. And you know, I don't like playing. I don't want to be out there very long. Right. So, go in for the kill, get it done, and get out of there. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm not being sarcastic when I say kill him, but it is. It's something more subtle than that. Okay. Go out there and do your job and get out. Fair enough. Uh, Jerry says, thoughts on the degradation of BJJ as a result of sport BJJ and a lack of striking defense. Um, we've talked about this yeah, many times. Yeah, we've exhausted that. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it should be – I think sports should be called sport grappling or submission grappling. Right. Um, jiu-jitsu should be left as jiu-jitsu. As the self-defense art. As a self-defense art, yeah. Right. So, I, yeah, I think there's there's a there's a, a name, that, a difference that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Seth says, Seth Champ, he's a Hoist Gracie Black Belt, correct? Yeah, he's a very, very, very good Hoist Gracie Black Belt down in uh, Durham, North Carolina. Awesome. Thanks for the question, Seth. He says, from an instructor's viewpoint, I'd like to hear your take on rolling with students. How often do you roll with them? The distribution of an instructor's roles in a given week amongst maybe hundreds who would love to roll with you. I know I struggle with this. As for me, uh, time is very limited uh, in all things, uh, with all things I'm responsible for. Yeah, that's... Well, it, it's di- it may be a little bit different for me than from other people because um, we have four locations. Correct. So um, I'm only at uh, one location one day a week. So it's a little bit different. Um, I, I I try to roll people as much as possible, but it is, it is tough because, you know, I also, you know, run the business. Right. So when I get done with, like, let's say a morning class, you know, there's a lot of errands that need to be run, things like that. And I don't I don't have a lot of help administratively. So I, mm-hmm. I'd have to. So my time's kind of limited. But on, we do open mats or after classes and during advanced class we roll. Um, I roll with anybody. Yeah. You know. Um, I, I. You know. Yeah. I mean, Seth has a good point. It's, it's very difficult with distribution of time. But um, I. You know, funny things. I don't think a whole lot of people want to roll with me. <laughs> well, I can, I can say firsthand uh, that it is not a pleasant experience. Well, uh, no, I, sometimes. I, think, I think it's pleasant. But it's it's a it's a very. Um, it's a necessary experience because the first time I rolled with uh, Professor Ronnie, um, I believe I was a two-stripe, no, I was probably a three-stripe white belt, and um, I was shocked <laughs> at how different 
rolling with a black belt was. Because I'd rolled with many brown belts, many purple belts, yeah. you know, and it just was so very different. And it made me really appreciate the levels to this thing. And it also made me realize that I was still a bit of a wuss. Well, no, you, you, no you're, you're definitely not a wuss. No, no, no. I it's, was then. Well, no. See, here, here's the problem. You know, we talk, I, think, I think we talked about this the other day. Uh, or maybe I did on something I can't remember, but uh, there's a lot of different kinds of black belts. Sure. I mean, and for, for that matter, regardless, who, who, the color of belt doesn't even matter. There's a lot of different kind of people out there. Um, you know, I've trained with guys that are super gentle, super flowy, um, and 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 still can just handle me with no problem. Yeah. Right? But it never feels like uh, it's never very violent. It's never very rough. It's very not athletic, and you barely break a sweat. But then there's guys that are just super athletic, super strong, super powerful. They have a real smash game. Um, and it is. It's not fun. I mean, it just doesn't have the fun uh, part that the other kind does. And, mm-hmm. and and that's me. Yeah. Like, you know, I've wrestled my whole life. You know, I fought MMA professionally for years. You know, my style of jiu-jitsu is very, very aggressive. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said with the competition, the guy earlier. Sure. My job is to kill you. Yeah. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to play jujitsu. Now when I roll with, you know, with the white belts, blue belts, things like that, I, I try to be more, um, all right, well, let me let this person move around a little bit, but you, you weren't rough. You know what I mean? No, I, no, I don't but think that's the you, right term, but, but I also want to make sure I keep people in check too. Right. Because I, I think as an instructor, it's my job to make sure people know, okay, am, am I going too hard? Right. You know, so if I'm rolling with a white belt or a blue belt or whatever, and, and I feel like, man, this guy's really, really coming at me pretty pretty aggressively mm-hmm. you know a lot of times i will do something whether it be like a really aggressive you know submission uh or something to make them go oh, oh all right then yeah. all right then. and that's my way of saying back down a little bit calm down let's just let's just roll let's just enjoy this right but if you want to escalate it i'll be more than happy <laughs> to escalate it with you yeah you, you don't know? want to do that yeah um, but, but the reason i do that though is i want to i want to make sure that they're not doing it to other people as well sure because that's how people end up getting hurt yep and that's how pe- that's how people end up quitting your academy sure yeah, if you have a white belt, I mean, I'm just using that as an example because you said that earlier. If you have a two-straight white belt who's a tough guy, right? He's an aggressive guy. And he he rolls hard with people, right? If you allow that person to keep rolling very, very hard with people, he's going to end up hurting himself or someone else, and he's going to be affecting other people's egos. And that's when people get really, really bent out of shape and start hurting each other, right? right? So it is the higher belt's responsibility to to keep everybody and check like all right calm down calm down you know and and that that's what you need to have especially like i've seen it before in, in in bigger academies where uh like an open mat for example let's say you have 20 30 guys show up for an open mat and and the, and the highest belt rank guy there is like a blue or purple belt, right right well that becomes like a feeding ground to see who's the baddest dude in the room right sure. and that's what they're all fighting for yep. everybody wants it. everybody wants to know hey that, that guy's pretty good yep king of the hill right on but it's 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 a more experienced guys that come in and go all right none of you guys are the baddest dude in the right room. And if if I needed to show you who it was, it's me. Right. But we shouldn't have to do that. So yeah, yeah uh, you know, it's it, there's more to it than just you know rolling, having fun. It's, there's a lot of sort of behind the scenes things that go on in the instructor's mind. Like let me make sure this guy knows how to keep himself in check, mm-hmm. and that anybody uh, that could submit him if he wants to. And that's the whole thing. I mean, white belts are tired of being beat up by the blue belts. Mm-hmm. Blue belts are tired of being beaten up by the purple belts, and so on. So when they get their chance to beat up someone else, they do it. 
and you know instructor's jobs to kind of keep all that under wraps but right but then again like, like I say you take into account different different people's styles mm-hmm. and then it's just not always pleasant it's it's not and definitely some people do have those rep- I'm sure every academy in the world has has dealt with this uh, I, I think it's also there there's an issue with people just not knowing especially when they're a white belt right. they just don't know really what they're supposed to be doing and, and you know we've heard the term spazzy white belt right yeah. they just kind of freak out there's a lot of fear involved yeah. you know yeah. a lot of that kind of stuff too so. well a lot of it too is they're, they're you know if if they have sort of an ego they're they, they, they get real spazzy because I think what they're trying to do is they're, they're trying to impress right let me show this black belt how, how good I am or how tough how, I am yeah how tough right. or, or, or if I'm naturally talented and, and they're looking for some sort of you know, hey man, great job! You're really super good at. That. They're looking for some kind of affirmation. When in fact, what it's doing is making them look really bad. Right. You know, I said this before that if you get the chance to roll, you know, train with someone who of a higher rank, don't try to beat them up. Yeah. Uh, enjoy it. Learn from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Go from there. See, and, and I think there's also there's a flip side to that coin. Um, it's actually something that I just thought of now, but I've been meaning to talk to you about. Um, there's a flip side to that ego coin too, where you become sort of a bad training partner because you don't want to hurt somebody. So you're rolling two nights. I know when I started out, I had a really hard time being aggressive and heavy and Mm -hmm. because I didn't want to, I like this person. He's my friend. We hang out, you know, I I don't want to smash him, but I'm doing him a disservice. Um, if I'm, you're absolutely right. You're right. You're right. You're spot on, but there's a difference between hurting and pressure. Absolutely. You know, you know, you you can be a great partner without hurting anybody, obviously. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, you, you, if you go too late, then you may as well not even be. You know, I know, like in the wrestling world, if you have a guy when you like when we, uh, whether it be competitive jujitsu or, or wrestling or boxing or MMA, whatever it is, you know, you're only going to be as good as your partners. Sure. You know, the the, uh, the worst dude in the room makes up the whole room. Right. So yeah, I mean, that's you have yeah. to have a good partner. Yeah, and and when we train. Um, specific, more specifically, when we train self-defense, when we're blocking punches and stuff like that, that's where it comes in really, it's very important to throw punches. Oh, yeah. Throw them. Well, that's the thing, too. Like, if you have a guy, if I say, okay, start in your guard and um, top guy throw punches, and they're kind of like, kind of halfway swatting a little bit. Yeah. Well, they're not even replicating a real punch. Right. So why would the guy defend it? You know? Exactly. I will tell you a funny story, though. Um, there, there, there's, there's some guys that, in their jiu-jitsu that it's all about self-defense, which is good because that's what we teach. Right. However, you have to be able to get out, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, they'll even let you mount them, and they'll sit there and just protect your neck. But meanwhile, they're not trying to get out. Yeah. And that's a bad partner. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's a bad habit. Yeah, you got to get out. So, speaking along those lines, the uh, the self-defense aspect, I shouldn't even have to say that, but yeah. <laughs> apparently I do, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of jujitsu. Um you know, I, I, I would love to get your perspective on this because um, obviously you've been doing it for a very, very long time. And when I when I first started jujitsu, I'd probably been rolling for maybe eight months or so. I was like a one stripe white belt, uh-huh. and um, a fresh guy came in, and he, you know, he maybe four or five classes under a young dude, strong. Um, and I had just been getting, you know, my butt kicked pretty much every day by that guy <laughs> no 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 oh. in, in just, by everybody else right, right. Yeah. and you know after class and he was like hey you want to roll and i rolled with him and i could not believe how effective jujitsu was all of a sudden because he didn't know anything right, right? Mm-hmm. i couldn't believe it um and I, I really was shocked and that was that was probably the moment that i was completely hooked mm-hmm. um so i'd love to get your perspective on why we we know that it is the most effective the most complete but why do you think it is? Is it, you know, leverage? Is it, um, you know, using anatomy to your advantage? Is it 
the techniques? Is it, you know, why is it so effective? That's easy. All right. It's just knowledge. Yeah. It's understanding the philosophy of a fight. You know, the philosophy of a fight. I like that. It is because, uh, if you understand the basic logic of a fight, right? It doesn't take long to learn that. Like you can learn that literally in a couple couple classes. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, learning how to do it takes years. Especially well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, but you know, if you have a good instructor who who, who makes sure they, they, they relay the information properly, you know, the, the the understanding of a fight is very simple. Always be on top, never give up your back. Learn to be comfortable in every single position. Learn to breathe. Understand that the other person is going to gas out. They're going to freak out. Yeah. Understand that they're going to make certain very, very classic intuitive, intuitive reactions. You know? Or right. you're talking about like if you push them one way, they'll push yeah. back the other way, stuff like that. You mount them, they're going to try to bench press you off. I mean, right. there's, there's a lot of just very classic yeah. reactions. And, and, and in, in jiu-jitsu, we, we learn to, to, to know all those as best we can. That way we can obviously predict what's going to happen. Again, classic example, you know, uh, Pizot to the clinch, we're on, we're on mount, right? We're in a mounted position. Mm-hmm. In a street fight, what's the guy in the bottom going to do? We know 100% of the time he's going to do one of two things. He's either going to try to bench press you off mm-hmm. or he's going to turn to his belly. Right. Right? Yeah. There's never a chance something else is going to happen outside of weapons or multiple attackers and that kind of stuff. Right. But just, in, in jiu-jitsu, we know that, right? If he starts pushing off, he's he's at he's at risk for, you know, a variety of cross chokes or arm bars, right? Mm-hmm. Americana. Yeah. If he turns to his belly, rear naked choke, take the back, right? I I just I just taught you that in ten seconds, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Seriously, I yep. it took about ten seconds to explain that, right? Yep. So that was your first class in jiu jitsu. You already know more than ninety nine percent of people in the world. Yeah. Right? That's where it gets crazy. Yeah. Right. So yeah, so when a new guy comes in, um, yeah, I just broke the chair. <laughs> when, when a new guy comes in, he doesn't know that stuff, right? Right. It's very easy because he doesn't know how to defend what you're doing because he doesn't know what he's doing wrong. Yeah, that's what it dawned on me when right. I was rolling with that guy. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, you don't know jujitsu. Right. <laughs> you don't know any of this right. stuff. So you don't even know you're in danger right now. Right. Yeah, it was right. crazy, man. And then that, that's why that's why jujitsu is the most powerful uh, and most effective martial art because, you know, first and foremost, we teach the anatomy of a fight, the philosophy of a fight. Whereas a lot of other martial arts don't. Yeah. They just teach what to do when this happens, what to do when that happens. They, they don't. You know. They also have, and when I, when I took Kempo, and I'm not trying to knock any other martial arts, they all have merit somewhere. Um, but when I was taking Kempo, um, one thing they always told us was, yeah, just don't ever, don't ever go to the ground. Don't ever. You don't do have that. a choice. So you don't yeah, have a choice. I know. Like, and like, that's like, the problem. They I think tell you 95% of street fights end up on the ground. No, 100% do. Is it 100? Well, somebody ends up down there, I guess. Well, see, here, here's the thing. I can say 100% because um, I am right. <laughs> Fair enough. No, seriously. Um, there, you know, first of all, you can't quantify because there's no way that you can you can right. you can look at every fight on a planet and go, okay, it was it was 92.6 percent of the time. No, it's 100. percent You know why? If you let two dudes duke it out mm-hmm. long enough, someone's getting knocked down. Right. Right. Yep. If they if, if two guys stand there toe to toe and rock them, sock them, robot until someone gets knocked down, the fight's going to the ground, or it gets broken up by the police. Right. Therefore, it's no longer a fight. Right. Right. Yep. So if the fight gets broken up, it's not a fight. Therefore, it can't go to the ground because it's not a fight anymore. If these two guys punch each other long enough, someone's going down. All right. It's going to happen, whether it's a tackle or whether it's a, a punch, a knockout. Mm-hmm. So a, a fight, if it keeps on going long enough, 100% of the time, we'll go to the ground. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying he knocks you down and gets on top of you, but you hit the ground. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Somebody yeah. hit the ground. Somebody yeah. was down. Yeah. yeah. So, you better yeah. know what to do. Right on. So 
for for these other arts to teach uh it never goes to the ground or never let it go around it i mean that's a, that's a wise statement to say don't let it but you don't have a choice yeah you know um i mean you do if you run obviously which is i mean there's there's merit in that sure um but you know if you if you get into a fight i mean you went to the football game right i did the eagles game i was there um, actually yeah <laughs> you know if 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 one of the other fans had too much to drink and let's say he was a division 1 wrestler in college he wants to take you down. Guess what? You're going down. You're going down. <laughs> yeah, you're, you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100% of the time you're going to go down. Yeah. So you better know what to do. Yeah. And there are quite yeah. a few fights there. Yeah. 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 Every every week. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, jiu-jitsu simply is the knowledge of how to fight. Nice. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really it's really sort of compelling when um, you look at uh, the track record that mm-hmm. jiu-jitsu has. Mm-hmm. Um, throughout the, you know, people associate it with UFC and rightfully so. I mean, you know, that's how it was founded. Mm-hmm. But people forget about all the Gracie Challenge matches before that and Grandmaster Elio back in the day. I mean, it has been tested yeah. literally for like a century now, close yeah. to, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, can we just stop debating it? <laughs> right. Well, I'm not saying there's no merit in Western boxing or Sambo or, you know, Thai boxing or like whatever. Well, but no, no, I mean, what, what people don't understand though is. Is all those things have merit? They're all very cool. I mean, yeah, karate is cool, taekwondo is yeah. cool, kung fu is cool, slots cool. All that stuff is very cool, but it's it's very it's all one dimensional, right? You know, it's all one part. It's like, you know, I, I was I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday. He um he actually believe it or not he he wants to start training jiu jitsu once wrestling season's over. Uh, they just they don't have time during wrestling season because you're doing things right now. Yeah, and he he asked me what, what's the difference in 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 the jiu jitsu that we do here versus um, like a sport BJJ school. So I said, well, and I went through the whole thing. I said, imagine, you know, because the way I see it is, you know, karate, sport, jiu-jitsu, it's all, it's just, it's just, it's one little thing, right? Right. I said, so imagine you want to get a college degree, college education, right? And, and, and your goal was, I just want to have a good, well-rounded education, right? Would you be better off taking a liberal arts program or would you better be better off taking a, uh, getting a master's in chemistry? Mm-hmm. Right. Which one's going to give you a better, well-rounded education? The liberal arts degree, because sure. you're, you're getting some music, getting some math, getting some English, getting some some ecology, so sociology, some economics. But if you're on a chemistry, like a master's of chemistry degree, what are you learning? Chemistry, chemistry right? Which has its merits, sure. absolutely. Yeah. But if you want a well-rounded understanding of life education, you know, and and that's why a lot of times, you know, like I, I know some, I have some friends of mine that are doctors, mm-hmm. very very good doctors. They can't run their own business. They have no idea how. Right. Right. They have yeah. no idea. They never took a business class. Right. Which is fine because they're not business majors. They were medical majors, but now they have to hire someone to run a business. They don't have to run a business. Now, that's not, that's not a good or bad. It's just a difference. So, if someone takes sport BJJ, that's what they're learning. Yeah. They're not learning the whole aspect of a fight. If someone does karate, they're only learning that part of a fight. Mm. You follow me? Yeah. 100%, so it's all like yeah. it's all ancillary stuff to the fight. But jujitsu, grace jujitsu, the way we teach it here. Authentic grace jiu-jitsu. It's, it's from the inside out. Right. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. All right. Well, um, Paul wants to know, our buddy Paul, he wants to know if there's anything new coming for the curriculum in 2018. Face <laughs> punch- a lot of face punching. <laughs> Great. Um, That's always our favorite. Yeah. A lot, a lot of face punching. Um, well, actually, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have... Um, it's very exciting, actually. I guess I could uh, spill it out right ooh, now, I suppose, right? Ooh, an exclusive. Yeah, an exclusive. I love Don't it. we need drums or something? Uh, yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, yeah, so I spent a lot of time over the past few months reviewing the curriculum uh, for the kids and the adults. Mm. All right. You'll, you'll get a kick out of the kids one, too. Nice. So 
I guess we'll start with the adults. So keep in mind that the the curriculum that we use is 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 um, it's Hoist's mm-hmm. curriculum, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure I'll be getting a call from Hoist here in a few minutes after this is over. Cause he's gonna be like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> but I haven't changed it. I haven't changed his curriculum. But you know, this is our academy. Yes. You know, I mean, we you know we 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 have the the you know we you know. Hoist doesn't own our academy. He doesn't have any financial interest in the academy. He, he, he's just my professor. So, I mean, we here can do basically whatever we well, – not, not basically. We can. We can do whatever we want. And so I have uh, given a lot of thought over the past few months to our curriculum. And I am from the belief that it needs more. Okay. Um, you know, we had just talked about inside out from a fight, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, Anybody who knows me knows that I'm 100% diehard passionate about jiu-jitsu. Yes. And I'm a diehard supporter of it, right? Of course. But I am also very open and honest that it does not include enough. I don't believe. Mm-hmm. I don't believe for a fight. Now, I know that um, <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing because I know I'm going to get a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. I, I know. It. I know I'm going to get a phone call. I love it. Uh, But the curriculum, you know, that, that we had that was great curriculum. I don't think it included enough striking. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think it included enough takedowns and throws. And quite frankly, it didn't include any wrestling techniques. All right. right. Now, when I say let me let me let me let me start with the wrestling techniques. It's funny when you when when you say the word wrestling to a jiu-jitsu guy, they freak out. Yeah. Because they're like, oh my God, do not bring that into here. Right. You know, it, it has such a, uh, I don't know, man, just doesn't belong kind of connotation to it when, when you have very traditional jiu-jitsu guys. The problem is they don't know what they're talking about. Right. Okay. When I say wrestling techniques, I'm not talking about how to score points. Techniques. Sure. Like, you know, like in wrestling, you have, you have tilts and you have different things where you can just turn a guy to his back, referee counts a couple back points. And go, that's not what I'm talking about. Never in a street fight am I going to have to tilt a guy, right? right. If, any, if there's any wrestlers listening to this, they know exactly what I'm talking about. But there are a lot of wrestling techniques cut that come from the standing takedowns, okay? So wrestling is obviously a combative sport. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Okay. And if you think about it logically, two guys walk out on the mat, they shake hands. What's their first objective? Let's take them down. Take take somebody down, right? Yeah. Okay. And what's their also objective is to not get taken down. Correct. Right? So even though it's a sport that has rules and a referee and weight classes and time limits and etiquettes, at the end of the day, it still has a self-defense component to it. Sure. Right? If you and I are wrestling and you're trying to take me down, I'm trying to do what? Defend that takedown, yep. right? Takedown defense, yeah. Now. And in street fighting, I can defend that with an elbow strike. I can defend it with a knee to the face or a punch or a hair pull or, or, or a rock to your head. Whatever I got to do, right? Right. In wrestling, we don't have those options because there's rules and etiquettes. So I have to learn how to defend it with a sprawl maybe mm-hmm. or a different kind of invasion technique. And those are the techniques that I'm talking about, right? Um, if, if a guy shoots in on you and you don't know how to sprawl, you're going to go to your back. Yeah, 100%. Right? Now, of course, in jiu-jitsu, it's not the end of the day. I mean, it's no big deal. We're on our back. Or da-da. But 
I don't want to be if I don't have to be. Right. Remember, in, in fighting, you always want to be on top. Right. right? So, you know, with, with my 20-plus years of wrestling and coaching uh, middle school wrestling and, and, of course, my top team wrestling club for the past 10 years, you know, I, I feel that I'm very qualified to add a handful of wrestling techniques in there. I can't tell you, Lyle, this is funny. When I started jiu-jitsu, right, I told you a story a couple of weeks ago we did a podcast was when I realized when, when I found out what jujitsu was, I'm like, wait a minute, you're telling me I can wrestle and choke people and at the same choke. time. <laughs> yeah. Like when I realized that it was basically wrestling without rules, I was like, this is awesome. This right? is the best thing ever. Yeah. Well it did. It took me a long time to, to learn the jujitsu etiquette. So when I was, when I was training with, when I was rolling live and sparring with very classical jujitsu guys, they were getting super pissed off. What are you doing? That's, that's a wrestling cradle. Yeah. Mm. Well, mm. so, mm. well, that's not what we do in jujitsu. Why not? Like, it works. I know, but that's not what we do. Ugh. Right? <laughs> they were getting super bent out of shape by it. We're like half Nelsons. Right. Quarter Nelsons. Like, very basic wrestling techniques. They're like, they were getting upset because they didn't. They never saw them before. Right? And I'm thinking to myself, how do you call yourself a grappler? Right. Right? Yeah. And you don't even know what a quarter Nelson is. Like, you know, things like that. But anyway, so... We've incorporated, I, I want to say it's, I think, four. We have four lessons that are strictly wrestling techniques. Nice. Um, we have some standing wrestling techniques. We have some takedown defenses. Um, we have taking the back. Believe it, in wrestling, you take the back all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some from if someone grabbed you and snapped you down, and now you're stuck in the turtle position and you can't get out. I know a jiu-jitsu guys are going to be like, oh, it's fine, man. If I'm on my hands and knees, all i got to do is roll over to my back. That's not true if a guy's holding you by a front headlock. That's a bit of a broader topic, too, because I know you're not a big fan of turtling. No, of course not. Not enough street It's fight. terrible in a fight. <laughs> right. Yeah. But if a wrestler, let's say, snaps you, if a wrestler's facing you, and he grabs you by the head, snaps you down to where you fall on all fours, and he's on a north-south position on top, and he's got you in a front headlock, you don't have the choice because if you try to roll your back, you're going to break your neck. Yeah. So you need to know what to do from there. Correct. So that's all, again, very classic wrestling, right? So we cover a handful of techniques from there. Um, there's some other other very basic wrestling techniques we covered. And I can tell you that I will argue till my head explodes with any of the best jiu-jitsu guys on the planet. And, and, and their argument's going to be useless against that. Mm. All right? Um, that those, those techniques should be in that. Now, the next one we talked about is basic boxing. We have, we have a handful of basic boxing. Um, is it more Muay Thai or more Western? Um, it, sort of a combination. Okay. Um, you know, like like um, you know, we of course we teach you know, the jab, cross, hook, uppercuts, uh, cover counter, patting the jab, parry jab, things like that. Uh, basic, basic stuff. Again, you know, you you know, we talk about hey man, I don't want to fight you. I will defend myself. Keep your hands up. You know, piso, piso, clinch, whatever. But there's times where you may have to actually defend a couple punches first, right? And you have to know how to defend those punches, and. You know, if a guy's sitting there and he starts jabbing me in the chin, and if I just keep taking it, one of those is going to catch yeah. me and knock me out. Yeah. So I have to know how, okay, you're going to jab me, bap, jab you back. So we do we do have a handful of uh, basic boxing uh, techniques. Um, the, the Muay Thai aspect is, is more to me of, 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 a, of a, the way you stand, mm-hmm. and whether it be open hand or closed hand, different things like that. Um, in regards to the Muay Thai, too, we also do cover um, punch kick, jab kick, um, Round kicks, you know. Um, <laughs> for example, I, you know, I did get in a fight one time. Believe it or not, um, you? Yeah, no way. Yeah, I know. It's hard to believe. <laughs> uh, this is many, many years ago. <laughs> I, I got into a fight, and um, 
that's why I always joke in class because it's always funny when 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 someone's talking trash to you and you're like, look, man, I don't want to fight you. And all of a sudden, the guy's like, he he turns completely sideways, like John Claude Van Damme, and starts pulling his jeans up. <laughs> I'm like, all right, karate guy. Right? You're right. Well, what they do is they stand completely sideways with this weird kind of like I'm gonna you know sidekick you in the face. Well, a good solid round kick just takes his leg out from underneath him. Right. And that's all I did. I threw one round kick, but he falls right on his butt. And I'm like, all right, are we done? You know? um, but yeah, so things like that. So we have the boxing. Um, we have the wrestling. We have the boxing. And I think there's 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 really only, I think, two or three boxing lessons. Um, and then uh, we have three, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, three or four lessons that are strictly judo. Oh, nice. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know in our blue belt curriculum, um, or requirements rather, there's required throws. Mm-hmm. Um, matter of fact, I'll tell you another funny story, but in a minute. But um, yeah, so um, Sotogari, uh, Uchigari, Uchimata, uh, Harai Goshi, um, Kosoto Gari, Kosoto Gaki, um, Koshi Garuma, and. Uh, Ogoshi? Ogoshi, yes. Yeah. Yep. Those. And then, uh, but here's a funny story, you know, talking about wrestling. Um, yeah, I didn't always gravitate towards it, but no. So my son had a wrestling tournament this weekend, right? Mm-hmm. One of the biggest ones on the East Coast. Yeah. Twice in his tournament, he used an uchigari. Wow, a very very classic judo technique. One, he used it in the finals match against one of the best kids in PA. Uchigari got the takedown. That was the only point scored in the whole match. Wow, right? And he he won the match because of that. Wow, yeah. So judo, wrestling, jujitsu, grappling—they all right. They're all intertwined. Yeah, 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 Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. So I am super excited about our curriculum. That's super, awesome. Super, super excited. So we have 40 lessons. And are, 40 are you going to add more? Or? No, no. I mean. Or are you I, just going to mix the techniques into this? Well, the the, the, the 40 is whatever. Oh, it's the, it. yeah, it's the new, new one? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. We had we had 28. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. We had 28. Yeah, I don't now count. We have 40. Um, but no, I'm 100% convinced right now that the, the curriculum is, in my opinion, what I would call Perfect. Complete self-defense. Complete, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, the kids' curriculum we haven't changed. We just added. Um, we have ten, and, and you know this because you do the kids' curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, every fourth um, class, every fourth lesson is live training. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, what we've done is on those days we've taken out the self-defense drilling, and we've taken out the warm-ups. It's just well, no. What we've done is we needed time. So we took out the self-defense drill, mm. we took out the warm-ups, and we added one ground technique. Okay. But the ground technique is more of just a fun grappling technique. Right. Like how to take the back from closed guard. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, just some kind of like more dynamic technique to give them a little bit more fun. Nice. So, yeah, so we added 10 really cool, you know, grappling techniques for the kids. That way when we say, okay, guys, you know, go ahead and, you know, roll live for half an hour, they don't get stuck in the same positions. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, that- – does tend to happen to them a lot, yeah. um, particularly when there's a size difference mm-hmm. involved. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I mean, they're still quite young and all that. I tell you what, though. I watched, I've been watching a lot more here in the past couple of weeks. Not not that I don't watch in the past, but I've been like kind of actively paying particular attention to certain techniques. You know, you said um, earlier when you, when you rolled with that new guy with only, you know, about eight months of training, you felt like you already knew worlds more than this new person did. Yeah. I was watching like our eight-year-olds roll. Yeah, man. And they they know more than most adults know. Yeah. You know, um, it's amazing how fast it they was. Pick it absolutely. Up. I mean, I, I stand back and I like, I just shake my head sometimes, going, I cannot believe how good these kids are. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, the parents don't even realize it. I know. You know, I sit and I watch the parents on the lobby, and they're you know playing on their phone or reading the paper or, or doing whatever they're doing. And I I, I want to go over and just kind of smack them around once in a while and go, parents, do you realize how awesome your kids are? Yeah. 
Like, you know, especially like I'm not saying boys or girls, whatever. But like, for example, you take a little girl, and 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 she's working like this other kid, right? Yeah. And I'm thinking, mom, you should be so excited knowing yeah. that girl's not gonna get messed with. Yeah. Right. And if she does, she's fine. Yeah. Like she has no problem fighting back. Yeah. And and whether or not she she fights back correctly or not. The fact that she's willing to is all that matters. You know, when I teach self-defense seminars, one of the first things that we always talk about is is you could you could be the most decorated jiu-jitsu person there is, but you have to be willing to use it. Right. You know? That is a big issue. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So, People you know. Freeze. Yeah. So, you know, watching these kids is just amazing. And, you know, I attribute that 100% to the instructors, um, the kids instructors we have, including yourself. You know? Thank you. Yeah, so yeah, we have a we have a, a large group of people that, that help out with the kids classes, and it's a lot of fun. And I found that uh, honestly, I I learn stuff in every class. Yeah, you know when you if you teaching. can articulate it for a child, yeah, to, to, to learn. Yeah, but I do want to say, um, I'll take this opportunity really quickly. But you, know, you, you said earlier, today's the first day, of 2018. It is, and everybody uses it kind of like, okay, what are we gonna do for this new year? You know, I reflected back on 2017, and our academy I would consider to be extremely successful. Um, not not from a financial perspective or anything like that. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about successful on the development of the students, right? Mm-hmm. And that's 100% attributed to the instructors. You know, we have about 25 instructors for the youth and adults. And I, I, I just sit back and I just cannot, I just can't comprehend how lucky the students are to have those guys. Yeah. Right. I agree. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing that, you know, I've been around jujitsu a little over 20 years now and I, you know, I've seen a lot of instructors, a lot of places and there's obviously a lot of good instructors everywhere, but I, I, I can't, I cannot, I cannot get over the level of passion that our instructors have, you know, you know, um, I learned from a very, very wise old man one time, my dad, hmm. uh, you know, he uh, he works for uh, hospice. Oh, okay. Which is clearly not a fun. No, job. that wouldn't be a great gig. But I you, know, imagine. you know, one time we were talking. I said, "Man, I said, uh, you know, how do you do that? You know, every day it's sort of depressing, right?" And he said, "Listen," he said, "They don't care what you know. They care how much you care." Right. And and that's what you know our instructors have is they care, and and when the students and the kids know that the instructors generally care they want to learn more yeah you know um i've always told our instructors especially the kids never hesitate to be strict never hesitate to 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 remove a child from class or to to do to be very stern with them if they're acting up because if you're not you're doing them a disservice right right but anyway so in 2017 i just it just, I, I can't even articulate my words on, on, on how, like I say, I, I really wish all of our students had the opportunity to go train somewhere else. Yeah. To see. To, to see, to, to better appreciate what they have. Right. Know? Right. Um, you know, it, I, again, I just, I, I really wish they would, they could, you know, it's like, it's like if the only car you ever driven your entire life was a Ferrari, you'd never even seen another car. Right. Well, you compare everything. Well, this is a, it's a car. So what? Mm. Right. But if you grew, grew up driving a piece of garbage car, then you go to a Ferrari. Like, man, that's what I want. <laughs> well, I really wish they would go train to other places and go. Man, we really we're really super yeah, lucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have yeah. all these people that care. So, 2018, man, is going to be just just amazing with the, with the revised curriculum. You know, um, 
We have a couple locations planned for this year. <laughs> Expanding again? Yeah. Nice. Well, and again, the expansion is is for the students. And, sure. And the funny thing is, is a lot of people, and I get this all the time. I mean, oh, Ronnie, man, you guys are doing so well, man. You're expanding. You must be making all this money. No. No. We haven't made money in three years, and that's not what it's about. I don't care about making money. Right. Um, what I want is I want the students to be able to have the ability to train wherever they want, whenever they want. So what, I, what we're trying to do is we're trying to put locations logistically throughout the state where no matter where you live, you're no more than 25, 30 minutes from a location. From a location. Right. Yeah, that's beautiful. So for one tuition, you can attend anywhere in the state, any night of the week. That's beautiful. Yeah. So that's what we're working on. Yeah, I mean, that's what it boils down to for a lot yeah. of people is, is convenience of location. Yeah. Um, so sort of along those lines and, and what you were talking about before um, uh, about instructors and stuff, um, I'd like to get your business perspective on this because I see this question asked all the time on the internet. We'll kind of close out with this one. Mm-hmm. Um, people that are in areas where they don't have access to a lot of academies, um, particularly this this comes out of the UK, but um, I'm sure it happens in the US too. And they ask a question, hey, I'm thinking about attending this academy, but the head instructor is only a purple belt, but the head instructor is a three-stripe blue belt or like whatever it is. Is that okay? He's not a black belt, you know? And I know when you started your academy, you were what, a purple belt, I think? Yeah. Right? Yeah, purple belt. So I wanted to get your take on that and uh, sort of how the consumer can look at that a little bit differently or, you know, maybe not. Uh, Maybe that's not the relevant factor. Maybe lineages, maybe the curriculum. Well, the funny thing is, is is we could talk about this for days. Um, (laughs) It's a relative relative factor if you have someone who doesn't like the guy. Okay. If, if, If there's a black belt in karate, right, which... Yeah, but let's say let's say on this one particular corner is a black belt in karate, right? Okay. And he has you know X Y Z Karate Academy, and on the other corner is a Jiu-Jitsu Academy with a purple belt instructor. Right. Okay. Well, of course, the karate guy's marketing strategy is going to be to knock the credentials of the purple belt, right? Sure. Because. And, and, you know, and rightfully so, to a degree, we as humans have been taught that the black belt is the qualifications for instruction. Right. It almost is synonymous with expert. That's right. And here's here's the problem with that. All right. Here's the big problem with that. Now, again, I'll be getting some phone calls on this one, too. So I love it. This is the best show ever. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I have seen black belts are the worst instructors ever. Yeah. I don't think I'm a very good instructor. You are. No. Yeah, you are. (laughs) I'll I'll tell you why. Think of it this way. What what college degree is required to teach a high school? A master's degree? No. No? Is this a bachelor's bachelor's degree? Is it? I don't think that's true anymore. Yeah. No, it's still true. (laughs) A bachelor's degree with a teaching certificate, you can teach high school. Okay. Okay. To teach college, you would need a master's degree. Okay. Right? Like, let's mm-hmm. say a community college. Right. right? Or maybe like a, a smaller four-year college, right? To to teach at a major university, right? Yeah. You would need a PhD. Like a PhD right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, what is required to teach second grade? Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now, do second graders still learn? Absolutely. Right. Now, 
How well do you think they would learn from a PhD? Probably not that well. That's Interesting. Exactly, that's what I'm talking about. Wow. So education is not about how much you know. It's how well you can relay the information. Now, you take a guy who's a black belt in jiu-jitsu and been doing it for 20-plus years. It's very difficult sometimes for people to, for that particular person, and I say this with all due respect, but to dumb it down. Sure, yep, yep, yep. To, to, to a beginner level. You know, you take someone who's been doing jiu-jitsu for a long, long time, it's very difficult for that person to go, how do you not know this? Right, because it seems so obvious right, to yeah, you. Yeah. Right. Where, where I'm like, just move your that, move your right hand. That, that That's not your right hand, it's your left foot. Move your right, oh, Jesus, this guy. Move your right hand. Put oh, my, that's, that's your foot. Move your hand, right? Don't turtle. Don't <laughs> yeah. turtle. Yeah. And But that's what I'm getting at, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So even though... You know, one guy might have a black belt. He might be a horrible instructor. Sure. You know, he may be very knowledgeable. Right. Like to train with the guy, he might destroy you on the mat, but he doesn't have the ability to relay the information properly to a way that you're you're comfortable learning it. Right. Right. Now, the blue belt or purple belt, naturally, they don't have the experience or maybe the depth of knowledge that the black belt does. But if they can communicate the information better, then they're a much better instructor. Right. You follow me? Yeah. So, for the for. For people to say, well, I don't want to learn from him because he's not a black belt, that is an idiotic, absolutely idiotic statement. Um, I didn't read it, but I did hear about a guy locally to us, um, another jiu-jitsu school, uh, and I'm not, making this, I'm not making this up, but from what I understand, he posted it on the, on the social media, this exact same topic. Okay. And I don't know why he posted it. Um, I'm not really particularly friends with the guy, so I don't, I don't know. I didn't follow it. But he said something because somebody called me about it. They said, uh, why, why would this guy say this? Apparently, uh, there might be somebody local to him that's a purple belt teaching. Okay. And I don't know whether he's just trying to I – don't, I don't know why. He said, but but his, whole, uh, his whole position was just like you just asked me. You know, you know, why would you go learn from purple belt when there's a black belt down the street? Well, again, you know, if, if the purple belt is a nicer person, right, who can communicate the information effectively to beginners – that equals a better instructor. He's just a better instructor. Right. Right. Now, would I, as, a, as an academy, as a guy steering a ship here, would, would, would I, let, let's say let's say I was going to hold a black belt seminar, meaning just black belts are invited to, to take a class. Would I let a purple belt teach that class? Of course not. That's, right. That's, that's ridiculous to say that. But is a purple belt qualified to teach white belts? Absolutely. Yeah. And you got to understand, the, the karate industry, the taekwondo industry, the kung fu industry, uh, to get a black belt in those arts take two or three years. Right. To get a purple belt takes seven or eight years. It's a long time. Right. So, in jiu-jitsu, and, I, and, and I'm, not, I'm not demeaning the value of my black belt, but uh, what I am telling you is is a, um, a purple belt in jiu-jitsu is the peak of knowledge. After that, it's just experience. Right? right. So, yeah. The best thing I would do is say, find out who the instructor is, what's her lineage, I mean, who taught them, what are they teaching? How are they teaching? What curriculum? So on and so on. And more than likely, if it's a legitimate person with a legitimate curriculum, legitimate network, legitimate heritage, that's the guy to go to. Yeah. You know, um, like I said, I started teaching when I was a pro belt. I know, I know a handful of other hoist black belts that started teaching when they were pro belts too. So don't let, don't let somebody tell you just because the person's not a black belt they're a bad instructor, or that they're not qualified. That's absolutely not true. Um. It could be true if, if, if that person in particular doesn't have the credentials. Right. But if they have credentials. It's know, fine. Again, you know, if, if my child was in second grade, 
I do not want a PhD teaching them. Right. You know? That's exactly right. I do not want. I would yeah. rather have a high school girl or boy, whatever it is, teaching them because they're going to be more patient, more tolerant. Sure. They, they can still sort of even like, I don't want to say identify with them. But you relate to, yeah, you remember yeah. being that point where right. you were. You know, if, if I'm a high school kid, I'm 13 years old, 14 years old, and I have a 75-year-old PhD trying, trying to teach me <laughs> economics, right? Do you were, really think I'm going to get anything out of it? But you remember those classes? Those were always the worst classes, man. <laughs> They're so boring. Oh my God, yes. I know. I mean, yeah. so yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm getting at. So don't, uh, that's, that's an interesting conversation, but just check the credentials. You know, in my opinion, you know, purple belt and higher is no problem. If it's a couple strike blue belt and you're in the middle of absolutely nowhere and a guy still has good credentials, he already knows more than you do anyway. Right. You know? That was kind of what I was getting at. Yeah. I mean, I mean, when I first started, we would roll it open mats and there was four strike white belts that would show me stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they knew more than I did. Yeah. The only thing to be careful there, though, is you know at some point they could be they could be showing you. Oh, of course. You know, wrong or something. Oh, of course, but, of course, of course. But yeah, but no, that's that's a whole different topic. But yep. Yeah. That's right. that's why. Matter of fact, that's why I like, you know. <laughs> I, I had a lady say to me, we had a four-stripe white belt teaching our three-year-old class. Three-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Not 30-year-old, three. Three. Like one, two, then three. Right. right. And she's like, I don't think he's qualified to teach us because he's a four-stripe white belt. <laughs> I said, he's teaching three-year-olds. Right? <laughs> and I said, and he's a parent of a five-year-old and a two-year-old. And I said, he's, he's, he's been doing just about a year and a half. I said, he's due promotion soon. We have a promotion ceremony. And she goes, yeah, but I, I want a black belt teaching my three-year-old. I said, trust me, you don't want a black belt teaching your three-year-old because the black belt's not going to have any patience with your three-year-old. I said, I said, he's a very, very qualified instructor for a three-year-old, and he's also a qualified parent. You right, know? right. So, yeah, that, that's what I'm getting at. So, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yep. All right. Well, I think that about does it. Yeah. Uh, to everybody out there, uh, have a happy new year, and uh, hopefully we'll be back next week. We're a little off schedule because of the holidays and stuff, but hopefully we can get back and. No, we're off schedule because you were lazy. I was not lazy. <laughs> I had no, to I'm pick teasing. up family. I'm, te- I'm teasing you. I'm teasing. All right. All right. That's episode five of Pure Grace Jiu Jitsu. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we'll see you later. Have a great day.